Hi, this is Lily DeHoyas Anderson, and you're listening to Choosing Glory. Thanks for joining me today, and Happy New Year. I'm recording this, actually, on December 30th of 2023, and we'll be publishing it later today because of the gracious help of my audio editor, Doug Larson, who is doing me an enormous favor to take this so late and get it ready so quickly. Thanks, Doug. What a great pleasure and privilege it's going to be to study the Book of Mormon together this year. I apologize for my voice. I lost my voice a couple of days ago from lack of sleep and too much talking. And that's one of the reasons I'm recording so late is because I had to wait until it kind of came back. It was much worse than this before. I hope it's not too distracting. I want to start with some quotes about the Book of Mormon from some of our prophets. And this is a very small set of quotes that I just chose for today. The prophet Joseph Smith said this, I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion. And a man would get nearer to God by abiding its precepts than by any other book. This is a very familiar quote. I know you've heard it many times before, but I think it's worth feeling some gratitude for and helping us understand the magnitude of this gift of the Book of Mormon that we have. President Ezra Taft Benson, it is not just that the Book of Mormon teaches us truth, though indeed it does that. It is not just that the Book of Mormon bears testimony of Christ, though it indeed does that too. But there is something more. There is a power in the book which will begin to flow into your lives the moment you begin a serious study of the book And listen to those wonderful admonitions and promises that there is power in the Book of Mormon that flows into our lives the minute we begin a serious study of the book. Going on with President Benson, you will find greater power to resist temptation. You will find the power to avoid deception. Think of our world right now with all the deception. You will find the power to avoid deception You will find the power to stay on the straight and narrow path. The scriptures are called the words of life, and nowhere is that more true than it is of the Book of Mormon. When you begin to hunger and thirst after those words, you will find life in greater and greater abundance. That's a beautiful statement, too. And again, I apologize for some ambient construction noises that continue on our home. President Gordon B. Hinckley, brothers and sisters, without reservation, I promise you that if you will prayerfully read the Book of Mormon, regardless of how many times you previously have read it, there will come into your hearts an added measure of the Spirit of the Lord. There will come a strengthened resolution to walk in obedience to His commandments, and there will come a stronger testimony of the living reality of the Son of God. And our current prophet, dear President Russell M. Nelson, my dear brothers and sisters, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life. 
What a great promise this is, that we receive answers to our own questions and direction for our own lives continuing. I promise that as you daily immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, you can be immunized against the evils of the day, even the gripping plague of pornography and other mind-numbing addictions. Beautiful promises. You know there are many more that are specifically for us as we study this great book and keep reading it throughout our lives. I want to share a sweet story that was given by Alfred Grace, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at the Polynesian Cultural Center when he gave this BYU-Hawaii devotional on October 19th of 2006. So it's been a while. Brother Grace shares this. In his book, When Thou Art Converted, Elder M. Russell Ballard relates a reunion he had with one of his former missionaries at church headquarters. I would like to recite this experience as it is written by Elder Ballard. Some time ago, one of my missionaries came to see me in my office at church headquarters. He had been a fine missionary, and I was pleased to see him. I was also curious about why he had come after so many years. So I asked him, Elder, how can I help you? President, he said, I think I'm losing my testimony. I couldn't believe it. I asked him how that could be possible. For the first time, I have read some anti-Mormon literature, he said. I have some questions, and nobody will answer them for me. I am confused, and I think I'm losing my testimony. I asked him what his questions were, and he told me. They were the standard anti-church issues, but I wanted a little time to gather materials so I could provide meaningful answers, so we set up an appointment for him to return in 10 days, at which time I told him I would answer every one of his questions. As he started to leave, I stopped him. Elder, you've asked me several questions here today, I said. Now I have one for you. Yes, President? How long has it been since you read the Book of Mormon? I asked. His eyes dropped. He looked at the floor for a while, then he looked at me. It's been a long time, President, he confessed. All right, I said. You've given me and my assignment. It's only fair that I give you yours. I want you to promise me that you will read the Book of Mormon for at least one hour every day between now and our next appointment. He was hesitant, but finally agreed that he would do that. Ten days later, he returned to my office and I was ready. I pulled out my papers to start answering his questions, but he stopped me. President, he said, that isn't going to be necessary. Then he explained, I know that the Book of Mormon is true. I know Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. Well, that's great, I said, but you're going to get answers to your questions anyway. I worked a long time on this, so you just sit there and listen. I answered all of those questions and then asked, Elder, what have you learned from this? And he said, give the Lord equal time. What an important principle is taught in this lesson by Elder Ballard, then President Ballard, and now we've just said goodbye to him for a time. I am grateful for these beautiful stories. I know there are many. Think for a moment and recount those stories that you know about friends or family or other places that you've heard stories of people who have found the Book of Mormon, sometimes without cover pages, sometimes, you know, in a trash bin, sometimes in the most random places, and have read these words of power, this testament to Jesus Christ, and have felt the confirming power of the Holy Ghost witness to them the truthfulness of this book and the principles that are taught therein, and of the Savior Jesus Christ himself. 
and think of what it can do for us if we continue to keep it diligently in our lives. Now, we do need to come with a willing heart. We need to come with an open mind, seeking wisdom, wanting to be taught from on high, open to the Spirit. If we come with prejudice or with an orientation toward disbelief, that's what we'll find. We do need to give God equal time. We need to give Him an opportunity to work in us the miracles that can happen through this sacred book. Now, this next part that I'm going to share is something that I wrote so that I could get through it appropriately. My dear husband, Chris, turned 71 on December 12th. One week later, on the 19th, we were escaping the chaos of our upstairs remodel and our basement recovery at a Marriott resort in Panama City Beach, Florida, when in an early morning hour, Chris suffered a pulmonary embolism. And in spite of my efforts at CPR... He was gone before the EMTs arrived. We would have celebrated our 50th anniversary on August 1st of this coming year. I've known Chris since I was 16 years old, almost my entire life. It shouldn't have been startling to feel how quickly I missed him. I want to publicly thank each of my truly remarkable children. They are loving, compassionate, and strong. And although they have lost their own father... They have enfolded me in their loving care. Close personal friends are brothers and sisters to us and have likewise stepped in to help and comfort and offer any number of services. My bishop and ward members and neighbors have brought me to tears with a tsunami of love and readiness to take care of me in every and any way. They have already provided service beyond what I could have imagined with plans for continuing service during this transition. I am so grateful. Friends and colleagues from all over the country and indeed the world have reached out to express their love and appreciation for Chris and all that he did and was. Thank you so much. I wrote a short item about Chris on Patreon just a couple of days after he passed, and I want to thank all of you who have reached out on that platform with love and sweet condolences. And I want you and all others who have either reached out or not but are praying for our family, I want you to know I feel the strength of those prayers. I really do. I feel the peace and the comfort and the love of not only my rock, Jesus Christ, my Heavenly Father, but also all of my brothers and sisters on this planet and indeed on both sides of the veil who are praying for us. I dare not go on too far with this. I cannot possibly acknowledge everyone who has shown love and support at levels I would never have imagined. But I will share this. Just before I started CPR, I reached out to my Heavenly Father. The prayer was simple, but I said, Heavenly Father, I need more time with Chris. I want more time. I know that thou art a God of miracles, and thou canst heal him if it be thy will. And if not, please bless me that I may accept and submit to thy will. Those words came, and they came honestly. I didn't get the first miracle I asked for. But the second miracle began almost immediately, along with so many other miracles. Angels have appeared everywhere to help and sustain me. 
I feel the power of the prayers that so many generous people are offering. I am grateful I could testify naturally as they express condolences to me, to the EMTs, to the police and the medical examiner of a literal resurrection and that families are forever because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. An EMT chaplain had been called to come before the police officers left. He was a very kind Methodist minister. As he offered support during the time that I was making phone calls to my children, I found myself sharing doctrines and scriptures and quotes from our prophets that were flooding my mind and heart and sustaining me. As he left, he said he would remember and pass along to others some of the words and principles and promises that I shared. One daughter who's an amazing networker and keeps up friendships over time and distance in a way that I have never been good at doing, sat down in her home in another state far away to see if she could think of someone she might know in Panama City Beach. She felt that the Spirit brought to her mind a couple of friends that she had not seen in years who she believed might be posted to an Air Force base that was close to Panama City Beach. It turned out that they were there, 20 minutes away from where Chris and I had been staying. Her dear friend Jen came to be with me until the arrival of another daughter who caught an early flight and made it to me by 2 p.m. In fact, my daughter's friend Jen was at the door five minutes after the chaplain left. And this sweet Jen's husband came when he was able to, and he gave me a beautiful priesthood blessing. Jen and Chris helped us finish packing up and leave for the airport a couple of hours later. I was home with the daughter who had traveled to and with me by midnight. Peace and comfort were given me in strong measure immediately. Of course, my heart was broken, and there's a long road ahead. But what good are my beliefs in a God of supreme intelligence and perfect love if I cannot trust Him in moments of my greatest extremity? Three of my children were able to go with me to the temple that next day. Special thanks to Stephen Kathy Peterson, president and matron of the Draper Temple, for welcoming us and spending some precious time doing a few sealings and reflecting on those powerful ties that bind forever. I ache for Chris, but I do trust absolutely in God's supreme intelligence and in his perfect love. I know that all All of what God does in his plan with us is motivated only by his perfect love. I believe with my whole heart and have taught this for decades that when we pass through the veil, we'll see how perfectly and how mercifully our Heavenly Father engineered everything in the lives of every soul who would let him in. So if I'm going to see that with crystal clarity in a coming day, then why not believe it now? Anger, hurt, and bitterness are instantly right there in the wings, ready to take center stage. But then what of my faith? And what good is that faith if it does not tend to me now? I know I'll ache for a long while. I'll miss Chris until the moment I see him again. I know peace comes, retreats, and will come again. It's early. I'm not perfect but I'm everlastingly grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it changes 
how we experience our life's journey if we allow it to. Let me share something I've already learned, a tender, tender truth. Every single day, starting the day Chris left mortality, I've had clear impressions, not of my own thinking, that have given me insight into God's timing and how merciful it is. I realize that had I been angry or rebellious, if I'd allowed those emotions to take center stage, I would not have been able to receive those impressions so quickly and so strongly, and for that I am everlastingly grateful. Praise God, whose goodness and faithfulness never fail. Praise God for being a God of merciful promises that will all be fulfilled, who will heal all my wounds. Praise God for our temple covenants and sealings that transcend mortality and seal his imperfect but diligently trying children together forever. Praise God for the gift of his Son, my Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. My podcast, brothers and sisters, it is my intention to continue the podcast. There's a lot to take care of right now. So I don't know if there will be some interruptions or delays, but I will go on. So thank you for your patience. If there are some skipped weeks or interruptions, I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like. And I hope it won't be for long, if at all. As ever, thanks to my beloved husband, Chris Anderson, and to Doug Larson of Point Digital. Take care.